Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Hi, listeners. Let's talk about how to make it to that magic six-week mark with your first foray into nutritional ketosis. So you've done the hard work, you've done the 21-day metabolism reset, you've done the fine-tuning, proving that you're metabolically efficient and you can last till midday without eating your first source of calories, feeling good, and now we're ready to tackle it. So let's talk about how to do it right on the diet front as well as throwing in those all-important comprehensive lifestyle aspects. My first idea out of the gate is I want you to strongly consider to complete at least one complete keto reset journey as detailed in the book so that you can obtain that highest level of metabolic fitness and leverage that really for the rest of your life. So that entails a 21-day metabolism reset where you're ditching the grains and sugars and the bad oils and all whiff of carbohydrate dependency you're getting the lifestyle matters handled as well. Then you're going to do that fine-tuning period where you test out with morning fasting. If you can function well up until midday, that's a good indication that you're ready for your first attempt at nutritional ketosis, and we strongly encourage that that lasts a minimum duration of six weeks. You are going to feel so great after six weeks, and it's going to be so easy that you'll be able to continue on indefinitely if you want Uh, I relate the story that when I was working on the book, I went into my nutritional ketosis experiment and it lasted uh, 140 days. That's like over four months, almost five. And then I deliberately exited my keto macronutrient eating pattern just for the experimental reasons of bringing carbs back in, seeing how I reacted and getting a complete picture so that we could work on the book in an informed manner. And at the time the six-week mark hit, I know that was the minimum standard that's so uh, advocated by Dr. D'Agostino, and I didn't even notice because it was so easy and so smooth. So really, you want to get to that six-week mark. There may be some struggling involved, especially if your approach is not dialed in, but even so, at that three-week mark, it can start to get difficult if your approach is not optimal, and even if it is pretty darn good there can be a little bit of struggle involved because this is a major transition away from your primary fuel source that you've been counting on for years and decades. Now, out of the gate, most people feel pretty good when they go keto because they might be getting that fight or flight response, the abrupt change over to a different source of primary fuel from glucose to fat and then trying to get those ketones going. Um, What your body does in reaction is go into that fight-or-flight response and start manufacturing glucose internally through the process of gluconeogenesis. So that's stripping down lean muscle tissue or ingested amino acids into glucose to fuel your energy needs. So you're trying to get fat adapted, you're not quite there yet, you need some help, and your body's rushing to the rescue by manufacturing glucose in that very expensive process Uh, compromising your lean muscle mass and leading to eventually a little bit of a burnout situation because we don't like to remain in prolonged stress response. So prolonged carbohydrate restriction when you're not quite ready can 
tap into that fight or flight for weeks on end. And after about three weeks, you might experience that dip when the fight or flight response gets a little bit exhausted. You don't want to make uh, much more sugar from your lean muscle tissue and you don't quite have enough sugar. Another issue at play here is when you're becoming fat and keto adapted and you're also trying to maintain your fitness regimen, your muscles and your brain can be in a competitive war for fuel because your muscles transitioning away from their usual steady supply of glucose. Remember, athletes like to recover quickly and refuel during the window of opportunity and slam those glycogen suitcases full, stuff them full and slam them shut. And so when that goes away, your muscles are trying to burn fat and ketones. And of course, your brain, the highest demand organ, is trying to transition away from 100% glucose burning into a ratio of ketones and glucose. Eventually, your brain's going to get really highly keto adapted and be able to burn up to 75% of its energy from ketones and only 25 from glucose. But out of the gate, remember that you're starting with a 100% glucose burning brain. So during these initial weeks of nutritional ketosis, your brain is demanding a ton of ketones because it's not getting its usual glucose. It's trying to transition over. And your muscles, not getting their usual glucose, are also pulling in some ketones, causing that tug of war. What might happen in certain cases, especially if you're trying to exercise too hard or maintain your exact same fitness regimen, even as you transition over, what might happen is your muscles feel a little bit less than usual peak performance, and your brain feels a little bit foggy and you have these afternoon blues and energy lulls. So that's when you really want to make sure that you're toning down your usual exercise routine in those first three weeks, maybe even six weeks before you can really kick back into uh, your former level and then make these wonderful performance breakthroughs that we talk about in so much detail in the book when you get fat and keto adapted and you go out there and do either explosive strength workouts or endurance workouts. You're going to have great breakthroughs, poise for breakthroughs because you're fat and keto adapted. So to get through that potential lull at the three-week mark, you want to take some measures to a problem solve in advance and knowing that you might have a little bit of difficulty. Number one is surround yourself with delicious, nutritious, high-fat, satisfying treats. You want to rewire your brain to equate and associate pleasure with high-fat foods rather than high-carbohydrate foods. So when you're hungry, when you finish a workout, rather than slamming the sugar as you've done for years or decades, you go to a nutritious meal such as a salad and you snack on things like macadamia nuts or 90% dark chocolate, Uh, sardines, olives, things that are nourishing and that are satisfying, but don't spike insulin and send you down the wrong path or send you backsliding into carbohydrate dependency. So to get through those difficult periods, get the good foods around, make sure to eat uh, generous servings. You don't have to be worrying about caloric restriction or deprivation or struggling or suffering during this time period. You want to make sure you're fully nourished. I tell the story often of when I transition over to primal eating style from you know typical uh, high-carbohydrate eating style that I'd followed for years and decades. I traded in my giant bowl of cereal that I'd have every morning for a giant omelet. And I did that for a good long period of time, possibly a year and a half, where I had this huge omelet. 
every single day because that was my nutrition for the morning and I knew it would sustain me for many hours after that, just like the cereal bowl used to and then all the snacks that would come in two hours later and three hours later. So I had to get that good nutrition in the morning. Then finally, after however long, a year and a half, I realized that I was no longer really, truly hungry for that omelet in the morning, and I had become fat-adapted to the extent that I could get that meal out of internal fat stores rather than the giant omelet. So when we're talking about going keto, consider that giant omelet every morning so that you have something to burn. Don't worry about the extended fasting. You're just trying to maintain those macronutrient guidelines so that you can kick into uh, ketone production during your journey. So that's the first admonition is to make sure you have the healthy foods around you. Secondly, if you start to feel hungry, um, get up and do something. Get the blood moving because a lot of times we have those hunger sensations when we've been still for a prolonged period of time. And active couch potato syndrome is showing that these prolonged periods of stillness promote insulin resistance rather than insulin sensitivity, which is what we want and they shut down fat burning, they compromise fat burning, therefore you're going to have energy lulls just because you're sitting around. So get up, walk a few flights of stairs at the office, do a brisk walk around the office courtyard, and see if you can't manage your hunger that way. Uh, There's also some talk in the book that these exogenous ketone supplements, they don't have to be considered a magic bullet or a hangover cure, but they might help you get over the hump at times when you're feeling a bit of energy lull. So consider a ketone drink in the afternoon or in the morning, and the people are also recommending these high-fat coffee beverages. Um, we've come out not too much in favor of those because the nutritional value is minimal, the caloric content is high, and it could crowd out opportunities to consume more nutritious foods. However, when you're trying to go keto, when you're trying that first six-week stint of nutritional ketosis, anything goes, man. So if you have to consume a high-fat coffee beverage every morning and then consume an omelet two hours later and then consume some macadamia nuts two hours after that, whatever it takes to maintain that momentum toward fat and keto adaptation. Later, we will discuss how to create natural caloric deficits so that you can reduce excess body fat, which is a huge goal for many people going keto. But out of the gate, we don't want to mess with any of that. We just want to maintain that alignment with macronutrient recommendations and avoid the carbohydrate binges and backsliding. So get some exercise, have those foods around you. And a quote from Luis Villasenor comes to mind here, a quip. He said, if you're hungry during keto, you're either bored or you possibly have a sodium imbalance. Whoo, that's pretty strong, man. Love that stuff. So think about that. If you're hungry, there might be some things you're not doing right. You might be compromising your sleep. Sleep is so important and so critical to this journey. You have to get that right. Insufficient sleep causes a huge spike in insulin resistance. Even one night of missed sleep and two weeks of insufficient sleep. There's a study from Northwestern where they slept, uh, I think it was four hours a night for two weeks, and their insulin resistance had increased by double. So your body's very, very sensitive to getting enough sleep. You screw up your fat metabolism big time with just minor deficiencies in sleep. So get that handled, especially during your initial six-week stint of nutritional ketosis. Zero tolerance for poor sleep habits. 
Also, we got to put in the plug for the other lifestyle-related ways to screw up keto, which is over-exercising or even trying to maintain your usual fitness regimen, especially in those first three weeks, possibly up to six. Dom D'Agostino says elite athletes, the highest-performing, the highest-metabolic-demand athletes, can maybe take up to six months before they return to the baseline level that they were at before they switched to keto. And then, of course, once you're back at baseline, you're poised for significant breakthroughs because you recover faster, you spare protein, and you become bonk-proof. So making sure that you tone down the exercise so you don't have those high energy demand periods where you're looking for sugar because you're not quite fat adapted. And finally, the stress management. There was great presentations about this from uh, scientists and physicians talking about how the high stress lifestyle patterns, that sympathetic nervous system dominance where you're in fight or flight and you're running around during a hectic day and you're taking shallow panting breaths instead of deep diaphragmatic breaths, all these are sending hormonal signals to be a sugar burner. So you're literally in a sugar-burning metabolic state when you're running around like crazy during your hectic day. So we need small breaks, periods of downtime, periods of cognitive reflection and restoration rather than slamming constantly with digital stimulation in our face all day long. Believe it or not, (laughs) your, your text message habit, your Snapchat habit can compromise your efforts to go keto. So we need downtime. We need to stop and watch the birds flying around in the meadow as we're walking. We're taking our 20-minute walk at lunchtime rather than eating through lunch and working through more emails or watching funny YouTube videos or doing all these things that we do to stimulate, to overstimulate the sympathetic nervous system response, that high stimulation existence, instead of resting and relaxing, especially around mealtime. So meals should be eaten in a calm, relaxed setting so that you can digest them effectively and you can promote that activation of the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest nervous system. Interesting nickname for it because it's so critical to healthy digestion of your food. And when you digest and assimilate your food well, then you're not going to need that sugary snack two hours later, as you might if you're in this constant high-stress carbohydrate dependency mode. So there's the plug for the lifestyle habits, and then the diet in particular, making sure that you hit those macronutrient balance, make sure you get enough fat to remain totally satisfied, especially out the gate, and just work your way to that six-week mark And lo and behold, what you're going to find is each passing week gets easier and easier. Um, Of course, I'm talking to you as the co-author of the book and the host of the podcast, and that's great. But remember, I screwed this up big time the first time I tried to go keto. And I was pretty well fat adapted, uh, highly athletic, good at burning calories, uh, not carrying excess body fat or showing any signs of metabolic damage, and I still screwed it up, and I believe it was due to A, uh, not eating uh, sufficient calories, and B, possibly being too ambitious with my workout patterns while I was trying to transition over to keto. So I learned my lesson, and the second time out, highly successful, just toned down the high-intensity workouts especially, and getting more focused on increasing all forms of everyday movement, more walking around, more slow jogging, making sure that I was adhering to that often discussed maximum aerobic heart rate or below, 
So much content about that on our Primal Endurance podcast show. So if you're an endurance athlete, you absolutely have to be exercising in the aerobic zone when you're transitioning over to keto. And if you're a power or strength athlete or an all-around weekend warrior type of athlete, just tone everything down for a while until you start to create some wonderful momentum and you're feeling good all day long, rarely hungry, eating nutritiously satisfying meals, and sailing along to that six-week mark and beyond as desired. So get some fat in you, get moving, and watch out for the high stress patterns in your life, and then you will succeed and make it to that six-week mark with nutritional ketosis. Thanks for listening to the show. This is your host, Brad Kearns. Hi, it's Brad Kearns to tell you about Paleo Cooking Bootcamp. Oh, what fun. Finally, you have a chance to learn from a real professional about intentional cooking, where you maximize the efficiency of your time, dedicate two hours on the weekend to cooking, and Chef Katie French, the earthivore, will take you through this incredible whirlwind cooking session where you cook enough in two hours to have ready-made, delicious, paleo-approved meals for the entire week. PaleoCookingBootCamp.com. This is a digital version of her award-winning course that was given to students live in the Bay Area. And now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can have a step-by-step approach that makes it easy to succeed in the kitchen. Even if you're not a big foodie, even if you're a little intimidated about doing recipes, just push the play button and Katie will take you through the cooking course. It's a two-hour boot camp every weekend designed to last for a month and you will be dialed with your paleo meals. Just open up that refrigerator door. Imagine having all these delicious snacks and breakfast items, dinner entrees, dessert treats even. And let me tell you, I was on the set watching this whole production. It is the real deal. The food is absolutely amazing and you will be surprised what you can accomplish in the kitchen with an intentional cooking method. There's no other course like this found in the world. We looked, believe me. So check out paleocookingbootcamp.com and enroll today. 